Hello, hello, and welcome to the Crucial Circle podcast and 2022 and episode 72. How are you all doing? I am waving. I hope you're well. I hope, um, like I hope the year has started well for you. I hope the turning of the year in Hogamini was a pleasant one and that you had a nice time and you had a good festive season if you're into all of that stuff. Um, yeah, just if you've had a little break, then hopefully that's been lovely for you too. Um, we managed to get, oh, a few days off. That was quite nice. I expected to get more days off and it's never enough, is it? Days off, you never get enough days off. You never do all the things that you want to do. Um, but like it's enjoyable all the same, isn't it? A little bit longer in bed. Staying up a little bit later and just doing more of the stuff that you want to do rather than the stuff that you have to do. That's That was basically our festive season was a bit of chill. We were at the house and uh, yeah, we just had a really nice time, had nice food, nice homemade food and just generally enjoyed a slower pace of life. It was lovely. Um, I wanted to mark the turning of this year somehow, something a little bit different and I had planned to take us up to um, Cumbria. There's a set of really amazing standing stones up in Cumbria called Castle Rig. You can just park up on the field outside them, it's not like Stonehenge, it doesn't have a tourist centre and a cafe at it. It's actually just a really lovely set of standard stones settled in the hillside, not too far into Cumbria either, and it's it's just a really beautiful location. And the plan had been that we were going to head up to there. It's about two and a half hours away. My dad was going to come down because it's about two and a half hours from him, and um, we were just going to meet for the sunrise. But it was chucking it down in Cumbria, absolutely like 70% chance of rain. So we did not do that. And instead, I found another little set of mini standing stones over in um, Derbyshire, which is only about an hour away for us. And so Matthew and our friend Beck got up. The alarm went off at six o'clock on New Year's Day. So I had a very tame hogmanay. Um, but the alarm went off at six. And when I checked the weather app, there was an hour of pure sunshine up in Derbyshire um, when the sunrise was. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is this is fortuitous. This is meant to be. And so we hightailed it off up over the hills, over towards Matlock, towards Bakewell. And um, we went and saw the sunrise on a new day on a little rocky outcrop that we'd found and um, these standard stones and it was just it was glorious to see the sunrise in a place that is um like has been really special for human beings for so long i really love standing stones i'm very drawn to them and the and they're called the nine i think it's the nine sisters close standing stones over in derbyshire by matlock and it was just it was lovely and we had fun and on the way back we found an amazing farm shop that was open over the cafe so you know full English breakfast for your New Year's breakfast when you'd been up for hours already but it was just it was really lovely and we'll do it again it means that Matthew and I have also found a nice new walk so that is how we saw in the turning of the year and the beginning of the new year and it felt really special it's one of those things that will stay with me throughout the year which is 
which was what I wanted, something that really marked the occasion rather than, you know, just going to bed and waking up and it's a new day. I wanted to feel more than that. I wanted, like, the warmth of the sun on my face and I wanted to see the new day and the new year coming in because, let's face it, the last two have not been the greatest. So I was saying in a in a Zoom thing um, with um, patrons, I was like, I feel like there's a stone wall in front of me and over the wall is 2022 and I just don't know which way it's going to go. Like, it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be, like, trash. <laughs> I just don't know which way it's going to go and I'm like... Okay, I can make it more amazing if that's what I really want. But globally, if there's trash, there's trash. There's only so much you can do about that. I'm just, like, so hopeful that 2022 is better for people. (laughs) That's that's what I want. I want to kick over and see sunshine. I don't want rain clouds. I want sunshine for 2022, please. That would be amazing. Um, I'd love to know what you do to see in the new year. Do you have anything... Um, special that you do that is like something that you've done for ages or something that your parents taught you that you now do and it's been handed down through the lines or um, do you do the kind of thing that we've just done and go and find somewhere special I'd love to hear what other things you do to celebrate these kinds of things shall we get podcasting let's get um Let's get crafty. I have an old dog new tricks for you today. I think I've spoken about this app before, but not in any great length because I really hadn't um, got to grips with it. And I did. It was one of the things that I wanted to try and sort out um, while I had a bit of time out this year, at the end of the year. So I am using an iPad mini for this and the app is called Knit Companion. And it basically allows you to download your patterns as a pdf into this app and then i'm not going to give anything away because you won't see it but it gives you basically it's like having a paper copy in front of you but you can mark up which row you're on which stitch you're on so it has a um a horizontal band which is yellow which you can widen the thickness on and so that shows you which row you're in. You can It's like using your phone or using a tablet. So you can move up and down the PDF. You can move the marker up and down. And you can move, there's a blue vertical marker, which you can also move along, which would be really handy if you're on a chart, crochet or knitting chart. Although it's called Knit Pro, it works just as well for um, crochet stuff. I also suspect it would work for a pattern, a sewing pattern PDF as well, for just keeping track of where you are. Um, so if you were on a chart, you could line up an axis of the vertical and the horizontal bar and show exactly where you are in that chart. It's quite it's really quite handy. Um, there is a free version, which is fairly basic, but still allows you um, something to document where you are within your PDF. And then there's um, a next version up, which is the one that I've paid for, which is just under £20 for the year. And that allows you to do things like... Um, add notes and do a bit more editing and set up within the uh, PDF. You can scribble um, notes onto the section. So like I've just added an arrow into it so you can annotate the PDF and it will keep all of this information for you. Or you can add more formal typed up notes um, for the project as well. So you could add your gauge into there. You could add 
any modifications that you've done to the pattern you could go straight into there and then it can save it on like with your pdf so if you go back and remake that pattern or you like to write out proper project notes then you've got it all in there as you are working yourself through it and um, i have to say i'm really loving it prior to this i was very much a um print off the pattern type of a person that's what i like to do sometimes i like buying hard copy patterns from somebody if i'm at a show then i'll quite often buy hard copy patterns but when i'm at home um i have been up until now printing off hard copy patterns and i can see how this would completely change the way that i would do that it already is i've got two patterns on here that i'm working from one i'll be able to show you on route and one is a knitted jumper that i'm about to start working on and um, it's just it's just so easy. It's easy to flick through the different pages of the PDF. It's just a really simple way of working through your pattern and having your notes. I mean, obviously, you're then using an electronic device, which might not be for everybody. But the upside is you're not printing off a pattern. And I know lots of people don't have printers or don't have printers that work properly. And ink can be really expensive. Um, and so this might just be a really good option for you for getting your patterns out. Um, so the way that I did it with both of these, I also have Dropbox. It's where I have all of my computer files backed up. And so I um, downloaded the patterns I bought, put them into Dropbox, and then I can pick them up from Dropbox within Knit Companion. So it's all really easy set up and um, I can do row counters and size counters in there it's just it's really handy and um, round counters as well so if you're looking for a new way of working from patterns I really like Knit Companion and I think it's probably well worth having the upgrade to the £20 and um, I'll let you know if I ever upgrade further to the next level I don't I don't see why I would need to based on the usability that I've got um, got right now but if you are fed up of printing off patterns this is a really good option for you bear in mind that if you print off a single side of black and white A4 not including the cost of paper it costs you about 10p per sheet so the £20 that you'd spend on this is actually very quickly saved when you look at the cost of printing and um, and then you've got your notes there and you can't lose them. The other issue that I have is that um, our lovely cat, Pom Pom, he loves eating a pattern. So if I leave one out, I will come back and it has like little nibble marks at the corner and he claws at them and he's not going to do that to an iPad, is he? So, Knit Companion, links are in the show notes in case you want to go and have a look at it. And it is available for Android and for um, iOS for Apple. So it doesn't matter what tech you've got, you'd be able to download it um, onto your tech and you can download onto your phone. I happen to have this on an iPad mini that I uh, gained. I think gained is the right word for it. Matthew was given, we bought him for Christmas, my dad's old iPad Pro, because he needs it for work. My dad upgraded to a new one. We bought my dad's old one. I get Matthew's um, 
old iPad mini, which we got from our friend Beck, second hand. And um, yeah, so now it's mine. Does anybody else have this kind of tech waterfall and is pretty much at the bottom of the tech waterfall pile? Like some people get the brand new stuff and some people get the second hand, second hand, second hand stuff. I get the second hand, second hand, second hand stuff. I have no issues with this at all. I would much rather buy second hand than brand new tech every single time. So works really well and I like the fact it's on the mini as well because it's project bag size, it's not too heavy, like if we ever go abroad this is what I'll take with me and all my patterns will be sat there so and I can do emails and stuff from it. So I would recommend if you've got the tech and you're looking to maybe step away from um, home printing your paper patterns then that is a good option for you. I guess it would also work really well for um, magazines like Murit has got a digital version and I'm fairly sure, don't quote me, but I'm fairly sure that's PDF. So therefore then you could have Murit in Knit Companion, I think, and some of the other things like Lina Magazine and you would be able to have all of your patterns for that in here too. Hmm, that's worth thinking about. Right. I think I may come back and review Knit Companion again in a few months when I've used it more and let you know like how how much I'm using it, whether it's completely changed the way that I deal with um, printed off patterns. So one that I'll come back to, but for now I'm loving it and it has it's um, it's made a big change to like not crumpling up paper patterns in a project bag, which is what I usually do. They're usually in a right old state by the time um, I've finished with them. And then I don't keep them because they're crumpled, cat chewed, and um, I lose all my notes with them. Nick Companion will change that. Let's show you some final destinations. I'm winning one of them, but I'm going to come to that last. And I have a few other bits and pieces. I had, I don't know if anyone else does this, I go into a holiday or like a bank holiday weekend and I pull together a list of crafting things that I would like to get done. doesn't matter if I don't get through all of them. It's just like a very rough idea of where I would like to spend my time. I find that really helpful for me. I love a list. Totally. I live by a list. If I didn't list everything out, I would get nothing done. Um, and so I had a full day where I pulled together all of my... Um, like things that needed darning, stuff that needed sewing up, all of the um, mending that I needed to do and sewing. So I had a day with the sewing machine, mending, making cushions, more cushions. Matthew was very happy. And um, yeah, so that was one of my days. But I also managed to do a few other bits and pieces, one of which I can only show you on the screen. But I did have a go at working with the copper wire to make some snowflakes. I needed to make a Christmas card for the um, Spinners Weavers Dyers Guild that I go to. And um, it worked really well. So I was using a 28 gauge wire, which if you want that in kind of numerical, in, um, in meters, it's a 0.4 millimeter wire. That's what you're looking for. It worked really well. It's quite thick and it is really quite bendable. Um, I made two, two round snowflakes with it. So what I mean is that there were two rounds to making the snowflake. And I found that about the right size. That gave me a snowflake that was maybe about eight, eight centimetres um, in diameter. Not diameter. 
yeah, in diameter, not circumference, in diameter. Um, and what I found after a bit of playing was actually the smaller the crochet hooks that I used, the better it was because the copper wire is quite malleable um, and a smaller hook actually made the movement of it a bit easier. It took a little bit of getting used to because you're really having to manipulate something. It's not like a strand of yarn which wants to go where you put it by and large. So you have to be a little bit more intentional with where you're putting your hook um, and how you're bending the yarn and how much the metal and how much you're pulling the metal wire up by. It's really easy and you get to grips with it very quickly. Um, and you don't need loads. That's the other thing that I discovered. I thought I'd need loads and loads of this wire. I've went and got extra. And actually, a little two-round snowflake only used about two and a half metres. So you can buy a small amount of this and make a big difference with it. And I just added a little metal grommet, punched three of them into a lovely kind of midnight blue sparkly card. And then I popped the crochet snowflakes through that and... Um, twisted them around the back so that they would stay on but also it meant that the recipient of the card could take them off and use them as a decoration on their tree or in their window or however they wanted it and the effect was really quite nice it was very um plain but that was what I wanted I didn't want it I didn't want the card to be over the top and I loved the effect of the copper with the blue obviously I mean my house is pretty much copper and blue um, yeah, I would give that a go with a few other bits in the future. I enjoyed doing it. It didn't take too long. I did it with a glass of wine and it still came out okay. So it couldn't have been that bad. Um, but So what I did was a 0.4mm wire, two round snowflake and I used a 2mm hook. That's what I got the best results with. I'd love to be able to share a link with you with the snowflake pattern that I used. However, I had computer issues towards the end of the year and I had to go into a full system reboot and I have lost all of my bookmarks, which is really frustrating because I had about five years worth of bookmarks in there that I've just lost. Stupidly, it was my fault. Um, so I can't share the link with you, sorry, but there are so, like there are hundreds of snowflake um, patterns on the internet available to you. Just find one that you like and give it a go. Definitely a nice, quick crafting um, idea for next Christmas. It could be Valentine's, you could make love hearts with it because once you've made the shape you can actually manipulate it quite a lot with your hands so you can get a nice point onto the end of the stars or you could round it off quite easily if you're making a love heart. Um, and it's something a little bit different and very durable as well. So that was um, make number one. Make number two um, is kind of in two camps. It's one in a finished object camp and it's also in the whip camp because I have got two of them to make and I have made one uh, so far. When we moved we got uh, new to us second-hand uh, vintage dining chairs and they're a little bit low. I don't know if people just generally were a bit shorter in the 60s and 70s. I don't know um, but they're quite a bit lower than uh, within the length of our legs and Matthew is struggling and they're hurting his knees so I said that I would pick up some seat pads and maybe cover them and originally I was looking at getting some foam and I was going to cover the foam with um, crochet and sew on the tabs and I just know that would have been a palaver and then I was in Ikea just before Christmas 
and I found really well shaped cushion pads for our dining seats which also means that they came ready made with the velcro ready covered which means that the white of the foam wouldn't have shown through and all I needed to do was place them on the chair and then I hacked at them with a pair of scissors to get the right shape for our um, chair and I just probably took about maybe 10 centimetres off the front and then I was able to crochet uh, over the top of them and I didn't need to crochet on the bottom that just would have been a waste of wool but I managed to just decrease once I'd come um, around so basically I started up where your knees would be on the seat pad did it in rows decreased because the form comes in and came all the way around the back where the loops are where it will um, go onto the spindles of the chair and then de brought it into the round rather than in rows and started my decreases which means that the crocheted top can be taken off it can be shoved through the washing machine and it just sits nicely over the top of the seat pad and for those of you who are watching on video you can see that I really just hacked at the seat pad but it doesn't matter I didn't need to glue it down or sew it because the crochet topper just fits really neatly over the top of it um, and it does exactly what we needed it to do. Matthew is very happy with my uh, crocheted efforts on this front. He's sat in it, it's nice and comfortable keeps his bum warm because I used 100% um, wool for it and the wool is pretty much the same colour as our kitchen cabinets so like winner winner and it was deep stash as well I've had this wool for ages it was an Erica Knight one for um, John Lewis partnership there's no point in me even giving you a link to it because it's long gone, you can't get it anymore. Don't even know, didn't have a ball band for it, nothing, but I knew where I'd got it from. Um, so yeah, deep stash. So the reason that I haven't managed to finish this is because I ran out of wool. I cannot believe it though, my friend Beck has got two balls of this that she doesn't need. She's going to give to me and she has the exact same wool and the exact same colour. And we didn't even buy it at the same time. And that's enough for me to be able to finish off the second seat pad. I know I needed two because we've only got two dining chairs and then this love seat. So I'm really pleased with how it came out. It's a chunky wool and I was using an 8mm hook. And I literally was just making it up as I went along. So testing it on the seat pad, seeing what the formula was for doing the decreasing, trying a bit in the round and then just really making it up as I went along because... There is no formula for um, covering a seat pad. You just have to go with what you've got and um, what's going to work for it. But I'm really chuffed with the result. It looks good in our kitchen. It's another, it's another slice of handmade in our house, which is what I want. I just, I want to keep on making handmade bits and pieces when we need something. I want to see if I can make it rather than going straight out to the shops. And yes, I, I totally could have gone and bought the foam, fashioned the foam, fashioned the loops at the back to put it on the spindles. But why would you when Ikea sells them for £4 and they do the exact jobs I need them to do? So that just like shortcutted it and meant that I got the pad done more quickly than I would have done. 
fairly chuffed with the results and I just used stitch wise I used a herringbone half treble um, I looked at doing a double crochet but I knew I had limited yarn and double crochet uses um, this is UK terminology uses a fair bit more yarn than half treble does um, again UK terminology the problem with half trebles and trebles is they're very straight stitches and they can be quite holy in between so that's why I used the herringbone you've got an extra work that you do in the stitch of a herringbone which fills in that gap so it gives you a lovely texture you get a nice looking fabric out of it you use less yarn but you don't have that holy laciness that you get with half treble or treble so it's a it's a really good stitch for making your yarn go further but still getting a nice enclosed fabric so that is why I used herringbone half treble because it was fit for purpose so I know because these are wool they're going to get all like fluffed up and matted I don't care I really don't care they are handmade they're at our dining table and they're there to be used they are a utility piece not a piece for like beautifying the house but I would still rather have a crocheted thing than um, something that was just didn't have like a human my own human hand on it so yeah pretty chuffed with them the other one will be done and I won't show it to you again it'll just be at some point it will be finished so the next um, finished object that I have is just a really quick one I started this a few years back I had a big um, bleached linen project bag that had been sewn up and I started adding my word of the year to it and um, for some, well, <laughs> for some reason, last year was really busy, we moved house, that's why. I didn't, um, I didn't add my word of the year last year, but it was worth, and this year it is intentional. So with the exception of 2022, which as far as I'm concerned, can, sorry, 2020, which as far as I'm concerned can go and die in a ditch, um, I have added every other word of the year that I've chosen into my bag and I what I do is I trace around a scrabble tile so I'm creating like a scrabble board effect on the back of my um, project bag the front has got a mandala that I embroidered on with them um, three different colors of linen and then on the back I just add my word of the year and my 2022 word is intentional so that is on there as a nice little constant reminder of what it is I keep on needing to come back to. And this year, everything that I do needs to be intentional. And um, yeah, that's, that's how I've started my year. Really questioning why I'm doing something. Is it worth putting that effort in? Does it serve other people? Does it serve me? Like why? What What is... What is the reason and the purpose for doing it? So, yeah, just a quick little one. But I find it really handy to have a word of the year to come back to. Um, it just acts as like a bit of a North Star for me. And am I on the right track? Um, honestly, I thought it was a load of old bunkum before I started creating my word of the year. And now I really enjoy it. <laughs> and I think about it a lot when I kind of got halfway through the year and I start thinking about what my next um, year's word will be. So it works for me. It might not work for everyone, but I quite like it. 
So that's another finished object. And my last one, I am wearing. I have a finished jumper. And um, oh, it's so toasty. Let me just get my notes so I can tell you about it. This is the Cloud Crop Top. And it is by Colleen Webster of Evolve Crochet, who I think is based in Alberta in Canada. So, um, obviously I modified it because I can't help myself. Um, what I did was held two strands of a very lightweight four-ply yarn double, which gave me a completely different fabric, which meant my gauge was completely different. And looking at her pattern, I usually would have um, made myself a size medium, but because of the gauge change that I had, I actually made myself the 5XL. Another good reason for people to have size inclusive patterns, because if you're a fiddler like I am, you need that range to be able to um, work to when you change your gauge and you change the yarn and you change quite a bit. So um, it's a really simple pattern to make. It is literally a front panel with a little bit of a dip for your collar, a back panel which goes straight across. It's a slightly boxy design depending on what size you make. Um, it comes out a little bit on me. And then it is another panel for the right sleeve, another panel for the left sleeve. Um, stitch them together to create a tube. And then you are meant to crochet rib on the sleeves, the collar. Um, I have knitted them because I wanted to see um, how that would work. And I have knitted quite a long sleeve and I've deliberately done it really long and I deliberately kept my crocheted panel for the sleeves really short because I wanted a long rib and a slight bell sleeve on it which comes um, down just below my elbow it starts there so it is a really long rib but it also means that it's long enough that I can um, double over the cuff if I want to if I'm working on doing something or I can keep it longer and I'm probably more inclined to keep it longer. This is one of my biggest issues with patterns. I am really long limbed and more often even when I buy clothes in the shop, the sleeves almost look three quarter on me and they just don't fit properly. So it felt like an absolute luxury to have really long sleeves on this jumper. Um, I did it with a one by one rib, twisted rib as well, so that the rib would be really quite pronounced as it would have been had I done um, a crocheted rib. I wanted to get a similar look. And I was also very careful with the placement of where I put my ribbing so that I got a continuation um, of the V stitch that comes down through the crochet pattern. It's a two row repeat for the crocheted panels. And the way that it's done, it creates that V-stitch. Um, and I wanted to replicate that V-stitch with my knit stitches coming down through the cuff, which is what I've done. Managed to get the same with the collar. And I managed to do the same with... I added ribbing at the bottom. Otherwise, I mean, it wouldn't have just been a crop top. It would have been an indecent top. <laughs> so I added quite a bit of ribbing down at the bottom. I probably could add some more and make it a little bit longer, but I haven't yet washed and blocked this. And when I do, I'm going to block length into it, which will make it a slightly less boxy shape. 
and that length is what I want. It will still be a cropped um, jumper when I block that length into it. Really happy with the arms. Um, the blocking will do a little bit to make the collar sit a bit neater. I've done it just long enough that if I want to, once I've blocked it, I could actually double it over and have a neater edge on the collar. I don't know. I'm going to try it on after blocking and see if that's what I want. But overall, I am pretty flaming happy with how this turned out. I have got maybe three metres of wool left over from this. I pushed it right to the end um, to be able to make this. Could have made it a little bit longer, but that would have meant buying a second cone of wool. And I didn't want to do that because actually what I wanted was a British wool jumper that cost me £16, which is what this did. And I am flaming chuffed with it. Today I'm wearing it over a kind of floaty black dress, but I had it on the other day with jeans and it just works really nicely. Um, that was one of the reasons I kept it quite cropped is because it meant that I could wear it over more of my wardrobe. I've got quite a few dresses I would wear this with. And um, yeah, it does, it does just that. And it goes with black because it's this cinnamon brown colour. And it goes with navy, my favourite. Like all my blues are my favourites. So it's just going to be a really good wardrobe staple because it just works. And the richness of the brown, it is like a cinnamony, chestnutty brown, is good up against my very um, pale skin. Like I can get away with this colour, it's autumnal and I really quite like it on me. So once I've finished recording, I'm hoping, amazing sunshine, I'm going to go down to one of our fields along the road and try and take some videos of me. I promised last year that I would take more videos and photos of me wearing the stuff that I make and it's time to own that, regardless of like my size, how I feel about my body negativity. Um, so what, I just, I need to get out there and own it and show you how it actually uh, looks on me. So, now I've said it to you, I have to go and do it, don't I? I have to actually go out and video myself, not hiding behind a table. So, love, love, love this. I could see me making more of this, uh, more of this jumper. It's the um, cloud crop top. Um, the only thing I would say is uh, it's not about the pattern, it was about my life choices with it. Because I was doing one by one twisted rib and I had a lot of ribbing to do, I pretty much gave myself RSI with it. That and I was um, really pushing myself to get it done in 2021 and I finished it at 10 minutes to midnight on the 31st of December and I was hammering it. I was like... I am finishing you this year. I am not carrying you into 2022. You need to be my first um, finished object of 2022, which is, uh, sorry, my, yeah, my first, like, FO, the first thing I'm carrying into 2022. So this is it. I really love it. It's warm as well. It's very toasty. So, yeah. That's it for FOs. I did, I did quite well this month. I have I've kind of bashed through the crafting, even with RSI. So, if we move on to en route, I have one thing, obviously, apart from the uh, the other cushion pad that I need to finish. 
But I have started a pair of crocheted socks. I have been meaning to make Diane from Adidas Designs um, Segway socks for ages and I just haven't got round to it. And um, one of the reasons I want to make them is because I got some new to me wellies. I bought them off um, Facebook Marketplace <laughs> and they're just a little bit big. Um, but they're nice wellies and so I need some lovely thick welly boot socks for them and if you really really want to keep your feet warm then I would say the best yarn to use is something with a high wool content and ideally not super wash. Like I have many pairs of crocheted and knitted socks in my cupboard and I can say without a shadow of a doubt the ones that are warmest are the ones that are not superwash and the ones that also are not merino merino isn't that warm it like so lots of the sock yarns that you'll find are 80% merino 20% nylon they're just not that warm if you want warm you want to go with a higher wool content and something that is a more rustic wool so this one is um highland wool i think it is it came from my friend stasia and it is a russian wool and the company that it is made by is called Troitsk Yarn. Um, I've put details for this um, brand in the show notes. It's called Scottish Tweed and it is virgin wool. Um, and it's 360 metres per 100 grams. Um, that's the other thing that will lead to warmer toes. If you go for something that's slightly lower meterage, so a lot of sock yarn tends to be kind of 400 metres per 100 um grams up to about 45 450 and if you want warmer feet go down go towards a sport weight this 360 is um kind of in between 360 meters per 100 grams but it's going to create really lovely warm fabric for you um the colorway for this i don't know what it is it's basically a number um but it is very tweedy looking so it is kind of brown and grey which almost gives off like a slate bluey grey effect on it. I really like it and the Segway socks that Diane has designed have got quite a good amount of stretch in them because they use front post back post um, and I just I know that these are going to be so toasty warm in my welly boots. I'm looking forward to getting them on. I'm not that far from the point where I need to change the pattern to be able to turn for the heel and I only started these the other night, so they are quick progress. Um, I should imagine I'll have these done fairly, fairly shortly. Now, you're never going to get as much stretch in a crochet sock as you're going to get in a knitted sock. It's just, it's a different thing. But I can guarantee you that the warmest socks I own are crochet socks. Because you get a denser fabric, there's more warmth there and um, they are just like they're warmer to wear so hence why I want crocheted socks for my welly boots it is a thicker fabric and if you have got um, princess soles like I have <laughs> I feel a lot through my feet and I can't walk on gravel I hate walking outside without um, without shoes on I feel everything through my feet so I want to test this out and see how this sole is on my feet I can wear knitted socks all day long I generally can't do the same for crocheted socks which is why 
if it's in my welly boots, it will be slightly different. But the sole that Deanne has put into this is slightly different from some of the other crocheted socks that I've made in the past. So I'll be intrigued to see how they, how they work up, basically. And the other thing I would say is um, fitting a crocheted sock is a little bit more involved. So I there might be a bit more ripping back and starting again with this when I get to the heel. But I'm willing to do that to get a really nice warm pair of socks I can wear in my welly boots. And then once I've got that formula, which I will have written up in Knit Companion, I will then have my notes ready to go back to when I need to make more um, pairs of these socks. I'm loving how they look in this wool though, like the the tweedy blend of it with the kind of dull orange and the slaty blue grey is really beautiful. And um, yeah, I I really hope these are going to be firm favourites for me. They might they might get beyond my welly boots. They might just become like my favourite house socks. Who knows? So yeah, en route and I will be flying through these. Hopefully these are the main thing that I've got on my hook for me. I'm still trying to stick to like one knitting project for me, one crochet project for me and then one knitting design and one crochet design. So only really having four things on the go at any one time. That's about as much as my, my brain can cope with before it feels overcrowded. So... Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Unless it's like, sometimes you need a bit of a palette cleanser. So if I'm doing something big, like a jumper, I might be more inclined to have another thing on the on the go. But what I do find with that is it feels like you're never really getting that much progress on anything because you're spreading yourself so thinly. So going into the rest of this year, uh, the rest of this year, going into 2022, there's still quite a lot of a left way. Um, I will be trying to keep that... Um, kind of process going of having limited number of projects so that I can really get through the projects um, and make progress on them. So segue socks, I'll have more on these uh, next month but for now me and my sock pocket puppet will move on. I just stopped for lunch, Matthew came down and you know I thought I would let him have some lunch and I have made a couple of days ago a Thai chicken laksa soup and it's one of those that is quite spicy but if on your first spoonful you inhale it too quickly just all the spice flies up your nose and that is what I did so my nose is just like oh tingling and my my tummy is very warm because of all the spice it's a lush, lovely soup and so now I'm full and replenished and uh, ready to go again So, let me tell you about my Feeding the Habit for uh, December. It's a very Norwegian pile of wool that I have in yarn, um, which was unintentional. It's just how it worked out. All the stuff was from Norway. Starting with two lovely skeins of an Addenweight wool that I was given by my lovely friend Charlie. She went over to um, Norway to visit some relatives uh, in I think it was back end of November and she brought me back some Norwegian wool and it's it's amazing it's um quite a loose uh, ply on it and but it's really plump and it's 100% Norwegian wool I have two colours one which is a 
dirty brown mustard colour I'm watching which is a rich orangey red. The Erskirlin Me is loving these two colours. Charlie knew to pick well and she definitely did. Um, they are by a company called Hillesvag Ulvara Fabric. Um, Ul is basically wool in Norwegian. They are 100% Norwegian wool, 200 metres per 100 grams. They smell shippy, and um, so I don't I don't know what these are going to be, but they're going to be something lovely. Um, they're it's like it's really lovely and soft and warm wool. So I need to find. I think maybe colour work because the two, um, the two colours go so well together. I think they need to be pulled together in a project of some sort. So I don't know what yet, but something something will formulate maybe another big cowl um i don't know something lovely um so yes they came into the house very very happy to receive that and then um lovely gilly from fjord fibers who's based in bergen in norway has been dyeing yarn for a few years now i first came across gilly back 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 in the day when she had an Etsy shop and now she's got her own shop and her hand dyeing is just beautiful. And years back I made, knitted a pair of socks using her yarn, her sock yarn. And these are the warmest knitted socks I've ever had. And you can tell I've loved them because they are literally, <laughs> they are threadbare and I can poke my fingers through them and I have... Um, I have darned these so many times now to try and give them a, a new lease of life and they are finally at the point where they're just like, no, I can be darned no further. So when I was looking at them, I was thinking, well, the top part of the sock, the cuff, is still in really good nick because that doesn't get the same amount of wear and tear to it. It's not like the heels or the the sole, I mean literally you could see air through that, it's like lace work now, and the toes, I, I'm i really hard on my heels, a little bit on my toes, but mainly it's the balls of my feet, that's where my um, socks will go, and so what I'm thinking is, I could actually just pretty much pick up the stitches all the way around, just above the heel, because I do a cuff down sock, so my work is going from the cuff all the way down to the toe, if I chop that bit off, pick up the stitches, I got another skein of the same yarn um, because Gilly is still dyeing it. It's called Moroccan Tagine and I can just knit myself a whole new heel down to the toe, still making good use of the top of my sock and giving myself a fresh pair of socks and also then... Um, I will have extra for darning. I've like I've literally gone through all of the extra of this wool that I had for darning. So it's I've used I used the full skein and uh, now it's time to do something else. But I don't like I love these socks there, the ones that I reach for a lot, and so I don't want to just bin off this top portion on the socks. So that probably represents about 30 grams worth, maybe a little bit less, but it's worth saving if I can. Um, and then I can just re-knit using my uh, my fresh skein of Moroccan Tagine. So all of the wool that I got from Gilly is Norwegian wool. 
It's from her Trollfjord sock yarn base and it is 80% wool and 20% polyester and it's non-superwash. So if you're looking at it, you can see how fibrous it is and how much warmth that is going to bring to my feet because it's not been um, <clears throat> covered in a superwash. So I'm getting wool directly onto my feet and this is what makes it so warm. And the colours of this really are Moroccan. So there's like a, a brightish blue, um, a marled brown white in there. There's a peachy pink. There's an orange. Um, there's like a brighter uh, kind of pink in there and a subdued pink. It's a, it's a real mishmash. But when you get it together, the Moroccan tagine almost comes out like a subdued sunset. Now, obviously, the socks that I'm holding up have been worn for years. And I do mean years. Um, so maybe the colours have darkened off a little bit, but um, we'll find out when I re-knit them with the new skein versus the old skein. But I'm going to try and make use of what I've still got in these socks and make my lovely skein of Moroccan tagine go even further. But if you're also hard on your socks, um, whether you're crocheting them or knitting them, then... You might be better off going for patterns that are cuffed down because then you can do what I'm going to do. Chop off and um, pick up your stitches from where you were and go again. So you're not always re-crocheting or re-knitting a new pair of socks. You can make use of the bit that gets a lot less wear in it. Um, so, yeah. Unless, of course, you felted them and put them in the washing machine and shrunk them, in which case nothing is going to bring them back to life absolutely nothing so i will report back on that and let you know how it, how it goes but i'm looking i can see there's so many darn bits in this sock and yeah just finger holes and yeah they are they are pretty much threadbare if i really wanted to yeah i can just oh i was not giving you the finger it just happened to be that it was my middle finger that came through it's poking through the sole of the uh, of the sock so yeah, something something needs to be done with these lovely socks. They they need another lease of life before I'm willing to give up on them. So that was the Moroccan tagine. And then um, Matty also has a pair of socks in Fjord Fibres. And they are his warmest socks as well. He often wears them when he's off um, hill and mountain walking. And he's in need of some more socks. So I also ordered... Two more skeins from Gilly. One um, is like a glacier blue, which is called Desert Oasis. And the other is a dark um, bluey grey, kind of almost a bit of green in there. A little bit of like a really dark jadey green. And that's called Nightstorm. Um, Gilly does, um, or she did this year, and I'm fairly sure she did it last year. She does like 25% off going through the um kind of festive calendar and she does it on specific types of yarn and she was also doing free postage to the uk so it just made my favorite sock wool really affordable um so these two skeins are enough for me to get two pairs of socks so matthews will mainly be in the night storm that's the darker color he wanted them and mine will mainly be in the um, Desert Oasis, but I'll do contrast cuffs and um, heels on both of our pairs of socks. And then he'll end up probably stealing mine anyway and proclaiming that they were his. We've got pretty much 
the same, same size feet, we've got the same length of leg, it's really quite helpful. I can steal quite a lot of his clothes, although I'm bigger than him. Um, so this is going to become socks as well. And then, didn't Gilly just have like some undyed troll sock yarn and she was doing them in gradient sets of um, six 50 gram bundles. So I got a gradient set because they were just like calling to me. Um, so some of them are marled and they go from uh, quite a bright, clean, whitey cream colour, light marled grey, light marled brown, um, to a light grey, light mid grey brown, and then a medium uh, to dark grey. And they are calling out to be made into um, striped socks, like natural undyed striped socks. And... Then we will have many more pairs because Matthew might, might, I might be kind to him and he might get another pair of socks um, out of Gilly's yarn. So I am set up for a good amount of um, sock making over the coming months. Does anybody else do this? Like, I am now in the mood for making Christmas presents. It's January and I'm now in the mood for making Christmas presents and Christmas decorations but couldn't have seen it far enough in the lead up to Christmas and the festive period, like too much pressure. But I'm now already knitting on a pair of Christmas socks for my friend Jenny to take the pressure off next year. And I'm just thinking, I might just continue with that and make all the Christmas things now because it'll make my life easier and I'll probably enjoy December more. And I enjoy doing this stuff in January. I did the same a couple of years back enjoyed it. Anyone else? Is it just me? It could just be me. Um, so that that is it for Feeling the Habit. That's all my, I mean all, there's quite a bit there, all my lovely Norwegian pyramid of yarn um, is going to be keeping me very busy. But I love it when there's a base that you know and love and you know that it just it does what you want it to do. I was talking with some yarny friends that run businesses yesterday and we were talking about this like ever need to keep on bringing out new things and fresh new things and oh you've got to have the latest thing and we were we were all rallying against it you know saying well actually isn't it better to just be reflecting on what we already have what stock we already have the bases that we already, what we love to sell because we know it's tried and tested and we love it. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And that really like forms a lot of my 2022 is about use what you have um, and what you know. So, you know, Gilly's stuff is what I have and it is also what I know. I know that this is my favorite um, sock yarn when I want really depth of winter that really toasty feet, this is my go-to um, sock yarn to have. So, yeah, there's something nice about having, like, a catalogue of yarns and tools and notions and patterns that you can keep on falling back on because you just know that they work. Like, you've been doing something for long enough that you know that it's what you need and what is going to work for you. And talking about things that you already have... Um, like it's a real feature of my year going ahead. I did a little bit of work yesterday and worked out that I have got 25 patterns that I have never published. 
I mean, like, for many of them, I've done the samples, I've worked it up, I've paid for the yarn, I've written the pattern up, and for some reason or other, I've just never actually got them to the point to publish. So that's shocking. <clears throat> so a lot of this year is going to be getting out those patterns that I've already done most of the work on. <laughs> like, why have I not just published them? This is a year where I seize all of the things that I already have and I make good use of them. That's what I'm aiming for. Right, lovely people. I am out of here. I've got to go and edit a podcast and take photos of me out in public at a big old oak tree while the sun still shines. So it's been lovely spending some time with you. I hope like your January has started out the way that you want it to be. I hope your festive season was as good as you wanted it to be. And here's to like peeking over that wall of 2022 and making it amazing no matter what is actually thrown at us. Let's let's make it amazing for ourselves. Right, I'm hugging this big old pile of yarn and I'm going. Lovely to see you.